Well, have you ever heard these words? Excuse me, pardon me, pardon the interruption. If you've lived any time in your life, any years, you've probably heard those phrases. And if you've lived any years or anything, or if you've ever been out in society or even come to church and you're here today, you have been interrupted in your life. There's no doubt that you've had interruptions in your life. Now, those can scale from just the littlest thing to maybe the biggest thing. It ranges so, so differently for each of us. And we all cannot stand different interruptions in our life. Some things that bother one person doesn't bother the rest of us. And it's crazy how those interruptions can come. It's interesting, I was at a conference, it was a youth conference, and it was, it was all youth pastors, which I know you're thinking, wow, there's a conference for youth pastors? Yes, believe it or not, there is. And it's crazy, and we're all crazy. But what was, what was crazy is, is that it was the end of a session. And at the end of this session, me and a guy that I knew, we were walking, and it's at this big arena, and we were walking around kind of the arena, and went in a big circle. And kind of in the distance, we hear just this guy yelling, Scott! We kind of heard it, you know, we knew he was yelling, but it was kind of a whisper to us, and we're thinking, okay, just another crazy youth pastor yelling at folks, you know? So we're like, all right, we'll just keep moving. Well, then we kind of hear us getting closer, Scott, Scott, and I'm thinking, man, if Scott would just hurry up and answer this guy, come on. Keep walking, keep walking. Next thing I know, literally, I feel like the guy's yelling in my ear for Scott, and I'm thinking, man, if Scott is not here, I'm going to strangle this guy, but... So he kept going, and as I'm walking, all of a sudden, I felt this hand on my arm, and he like turned me around, and I thought, oh, this is how I'm gonna die, right here. A guy looking for Scott. And he was like, Scott! And he's like, you're not Scott. And I was like, no, I'm not Scott. <laughs> and so either there's another guy out there that has a beard and looks just like me or something, I don't know. But it was crazy, and I think about that, and that's silly, and it's funny, and we're talking about it. But it was amazing. I was probably on my way to lunch, but it was amazing. Just that little interruption totally changed the course of the day. Just a little interruption. Now I'm just gonna share, and now today we're gonna be uh, really transparent and real, and I'm gonna share some things, and now you're gonna learn a little bit about me and about some of the interruptions that I dislike, okay? One of the interruptions and delays that I cannot stand in life, and some of you are gonna be like, yes, Nate, amen, I'm with you, brother, I'm with you. But one of the worst interruptions is, is when all I wanna do is go and fill up my car with gasoline. That's all I wanna do. I just wanna go, I'm in a hurry, I got things to do, people to see, you all with me, you got there, you're, you're doing it too. Now some of you can remember, some of you are like, Nate, I remember way back. Now I can remember, you'd pull up to a gasoline and you'd, know, you'd probably get to know him, you know? There was a guy, that I remember his name was Frank. You'd pull up to, to the gas station, hey Frank, I need $10, and he'd fill it up for you. How cool was that, remember those days? Anybody remember that, a couple of you? All right, some of us are like, no, we're not gonna show our age, we're not gonna do it, all right? Now, I only remember that for a brief time, but I can remember it. Now you go to the gas station, and it's literally like you're taking SAT, ACT, it's a test, okay? You go up, and you go up there to the screen, and it goes like this. It goes, debit or credit, okay? Debit, all right. Enter pin. Oh, I forgot my pin. Let me call Wendy. Uh, what's our pin? Okay, got it. Put the pin in. All right, enter your zip code. Oh, great. Vero Beach has 80 different zip codes, all right? The church is a different zip code from my house. Which one am I using? Okay, got that. All right, got it. Do you want a receipt? No, I just want gas. Can I just get gas, please? This is taking 20 minutes. All right, do you want a car wash? Has anyone been asked that? Do you want a car wash at the gas station? If I wanted to wash my car, I would have already done it. All I need is gasoline, all right? So literally at this time, it's already 20 minutes, okay? It's, it's crazy. Now, some of you maybe had some weird in, interactions. It's like, do you want a back rub? No, maybe you haven't had that, all right? 
But no lie, this is the honest truth. Now, some of you can, can, can relate to this. Maybe you've had some weird questions at the gas station. And now everyone that goes to the gas station, and believe it or not, on my way here today, I know it's on me. This is Nate. It's on me. My, my gas light come on. And guess what? I got to go to the gas station now. It's going to be the worst, all right? But maybe you've had this happen, a weird question. But no lie, I was at a gas station. And this was one of the questions on the screen. I've already answered like 20, all right? Here's the question. Do you want firewood? <laughs> that was the question. Do you want firewood? If I wanted firewood, I would have just went and cut down a tree myself and got the firewood. But it's crazy. And you think about these interruptions and you think about these delays. Now we're being funny and we're being silly. We're going to dig into God's word. And we're going to hear from God's word in a story about two individuals that had life interruptions, had some delays. And what it is that we can learn from and what it is that God is teaching us. I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, Nate, right now, the only interruption I have is that jacket you're wearing. I know, see? I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are thinking. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna turn to Mark chapter five. And I want you to turn there, and I want you to get this, and I want you to read this, and I want us just to share this morning what it is that God's word is trying to teach us about life's interruptions, life's delays, and about really two individuals that had crazy interruptions. So Mark chapter five, verse 21 And we're going to read quite a few verses. We're going to actually go all the way down to verse 43. But we're going to read these, and I want you to get it. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. As you turn there, we're going to read God's word. Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and God's word says this. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had discharged of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd. It's important you remember that. And touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Verse 30. And Jesus perceiving in him something in, in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said... To her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? We're gonna get to that later. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. (laughs) But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was, taking her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. 
This is God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. May we hear what it is you want us to hear from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've been silly, and we've kind of shared just some funny interruptions. But if we can be honest and open for a minute between all of us is that we've all had something in our life that's interrupted our lives. We've had how we think it's going to go. We've had how we thought it was going to happen. We've had plans. We've had dreams, all these different things. And maybe for some of us that are sitting here as individuals, we've had those interruptions in our life. We've had those delays in our life. And as we begin and as we share this, I just want to share with you just for me so you know, like, oh, Nate, you don't even know about interruptions or delays. You don't know what I've been through in my life. And we're not here to compare. I just want you to know that we've all got something. In a room this size and a, and a size of last night and even what will happen at 11, we've all been through something. We've all had an interruption. We've all had a delay. And I can remember for me, I was a 17-year-old, just a kid, just a punk kid, 17 years old. Three weeks after my 17, 17th birthday, just a, just a punk kid, really. And I can remember sitting in school, and we were in homeroom class. I don't know if they have those really anymore, but it was kind of like a, a, a study, you know, a time to study. But one of our football coaches was our teacher in that, and we, we didn't really do much in there. So we were just being kids. And I can remember that moment. I can remember just what happened, and it, and, and it didn't really seem any different. But I can remember, some of you guys can remember this, when it'd come over the loudspeaker, and it'd be like, you know, say your name. So it was like, uh, we need Nate Swearing into the office, please. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that wasn't nothing unnormal. I was usually going down there for awards and stuff, obviously, all right? So, <laughs> you, like many of you, I'm sure, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I go down there, and I'm like, and I see, I have three brothers, and I see one of my brothers, and at the time where we lived, everybody was at different schools. There was all different schools at the time. And I see my brother, I was like, oh, man, I did something really bad. They're calling in my brother. Wow, this is really, this is rough. And I can remember, and then we get there, and then I remember we got to go pick up my other brother at the elementary school. is in a different spot, and we pick him up, and then my oldest brother, and we're all together. And I can remember, I was like, man, something's just not right. And we knew something wasn't right, and kind of, I was the second born, and I was kind of the one that kind of gave a little bit, I was a little antsy, probably more than my other brothers, and was ready to, to figure out what was going on. And I was just like, what's happening? What's going on? And I can remember that day, and they set us down. I can remember when they looked at us, and they said, your dad was on his way to work. Unfortunately, the guy in the other car fell asleep, came across, hit him head on, and killed him instantly. Life's interruptions. Life changes in a heartbeat. And I can remember that moment, and I still, I remember everything about that day. And for many of you, you know your interruption, you know that delay, that moment where you can remember everything about it. But there's something crazy about those interruptions. We become desperate. And for me in my life, and just as a, just turning 17 basically at that time and in that moment, I can remember I was desperate. And what's unfortunate is, is that unfortunately I was so desperate that I ran from Jesus. Unfortunately, I was so desperate, I wanted to find love somewhere. And guess what? There's a lot of places you can find what you would see love 
but I ran the wrong way. But thank the Lord that there were some young men and thank the Lord for the game of basketball because truly basketball and some young men helped change my life for Jesus. And I'm thankful that I was so desperate and I tried everything else to find love and satisfaction in that interruption. Thankfully, finally, my desperation was so in need of something to fulfill it, finally I ran towards Jesus. And so we have a decision to make. In our times of interruption, in our times of delays, in our times of desperation, either we run from Jesus or we run to Jesus. And that's the decision that we must make. And so as we go through this, we're gonna share just a few points together and we're just gonna share just a little bit heart to heart today. But from this story, two different people that are in a desperate situation in life's interruptions where life changed in an instant. And so here's the question, is there anything good about feeling desperate? I believe there's some things that we can get from this and from the verses today. The first one is this, feeling desperate is sometimes what it takes to drive you to Jesus. Feeling desperate is sometimes what it takes to drive you to Jesus. Both Jairus and the woman in this story are driven to Jesus because of a desperate need in their lives. Both people, Jairus and the woman, both have a need. Their life has been interrupted. For Jairus, maybe it's just something that's happened recently. For the woman, it's been a little longer in her life, but it's a life interruption. It's a delay, and she's in a desperate need. Feeling desperate is sometimes what it takes to drive you to Jesus. Now, if we can just be as real as possible this morning, we've talked about our individual lives. We've only discussed what's going on in our individual lives today. But if we're real and transparent and relevant to one another, we can say at Pathway Church, there's times to move on and I'm with you. But today we can say as Pathway Church, there's been some interruptions, there's been some delays, but I can tell you that many of us are saying, Lord, we are desperate and we are doing all we can to run to you, Jesus, amen? But sometimes those interruptions, sometimes those delays, sometimes when we're desperate is exactly what we need so we can run and what it takes to drive us to Jesus. Point two, feeling desperate makes it easier to bow down. Listen to this, and it talks about this in verse 22 and 23 and verse 33 as well. In both cases, we see that they are down at Jesus' feet. I love that. Both the woman and Jairus both bow down at Jesus' feet. Our pride, position, or reputation makes it difficult for us to bow before Jesus. But listen to this. But a desperate situation makes that a whole lot easier. I'm just going to speak to the men because I can't speak for the ladies, okay? But for the men, one of the hardest things for us as men is to truly bow down and run to Jesus because we have this thing called pride in it. It's like, oh, man, I got a beard. I wear plaid. All right, man, I'm tough. I'm a tough guy. Okay, that's just, I guess I'm the only one. All right, great, guys. Thanks for leaving me hanging. All right. But sometimes we put on this like facade and we're like, nope, not me. I'm the big tough guy. Back in high school, do you know what I did? You know, we always live the glory days, right? 
when our wives, when our kids, when our church is just begging and dying for us men to say, now it's time to run to Jesus and bow at his feet and say, Jesus, we're desperate. We need you. I guess it's just me because it's pretty quiet. This kind of leads into the third point as we're talking about, but feeling desperate keeps you from caring what others think of you. And verse 22, listen to this now. Now, this is Jairus, okay? This is a little bit of history of him. Being a ruler of the synagogue might under uh, normal circumstances have been worried about what the Pharisees and other religious, uh, religious leaders might say. With his daughter's life on the line, though, that's the least of his concerns, when we stop caring about what others think of us, when we stop caring about what's going on, whatever it is that's happening and what people may think of us, we will do all we can to run to Jesus in our desperate situation. Jairus didn't care because his daughter's life was on the line. If you're a father or mother in here, you're not gonna care what other people think of you. If your child is sick and you need something, you're not gonna care what others say about you. You're gonna do all you can for it. And what if we as a church stop caring what others think of us? What if we said, we don't care what's going on. We're gonna live and run to Jesus. We don't care what people are saying about our church and the community. We don't care what people say about us individually. We're running to Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. Now, get this. Now, let's just, this is just me and you, all right? Listen to this, get this. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, here, here, here at Pathway, we do, Every church and everything's different. I love what we do. If you want to pray with someone, you go to this side. If you want to pray uh, by yourself, you go to this side. And that's, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Or, you know, we have people come here. That's awesome. But isn't it amazing when that time comes and you know, you know the Holy Spirit's working in you and you know you need to go to Jesus. You know you need to run to him. You know you need to bow down. But what's the first thing that pops in your head normally? Okay, now maybe this is just me. What's the first thing? Oh, what are they going to think of me if I go up there? Oh, okay, just me again? All right, great, okay. You're leaving me hanging here, thanks guys. No lie, listen to this. Now I'm just, this is, this is just me to you. You're like, man, Nate, you're crazy. All right, listen to this. I usually sit over here, usually the 11 a.m. service, I sit right over there, second row, and thank you guys for warming it up over there. All right, awesome, all right? So I usually sit right over there with my family, 11 o'clock service, this is a few weeks ago. And there was something going on and my brother and just as crazy, that's another story for another time. And I knew, I just knew as much, and it's okay. Many of us pray in our seats and we pray there standing. That, that's awesome. But I knew I needed to go pray. What's crazy is, is I'm thinking, oh, what are they gonna think? One of the pastors is going up to pray. Uh-oh, what's going on? What, what, what's happening? And so listen, I, I, I mean, I sweat bad. I'm sweating so bad right now, all right? But listen, I sweat bad anyhow, but I can remember and I go walking across and I'm like, oh, and I'm walking across there and I'm just sweating so bad. Oh, what are they gonna think? You know, you kind of just do a different walk for no reason, you know? You don't even walk normal. You're like, oh, I gotta look perfect. Oh, you know, it's crazy. You're like a robot. And shame on me. Shame on us. That we are so worried that maybe what somebody may think of us, it stops us from running to Jesus. 
We're afraid. What are they going to say to us after service? And oh, Lord, what if something happens and what's, what if something gets on Facebook? Oh, that's the end of the world, right? Facebook is the worst, all right? I'm just going to say it. There's a lot of good things on there, but listen, as much as we want to say to the teenagers about the drama that they live on social media, guess what? It, all of us have drama on there. <laughs> but what if we as a church, as Pathway Church, and as individuals, and in our interruptions, and in our desperate need, and we said, you know what? I'm not, and I'm not encouraging you to where you have to all come up front. That's not what I'm saying. Just in a moment, I'm using it as an illustration, as a thing. It could be whatever it is. What is it that's stopping you and holding you back from running to Jesus and having that moment and that encounter with him because you're so worried about what other people think? Sometimes it just hurts to hear what God's trying to say to us. Feeling desperate forces you to no longer be content with just being near Jesus. I love this. In verses 30 and 31, we're talking about the woman here. Many were around Jesus and even rubbing shoulders with him. But only this woman's touch brought power out of him. Are you content just to hang around Jesus or do you want to experience something more in your life? Listen, folks, as individuals and as a church, it's time for us. And I'm not saying we're not doing it. I'm just saying let's keep going and let's do better. It's time for us to say we're no longer content with just being around you and near you, Jesus. We want to be touching you, Jesus. We want you to touch us, Jesus. We want to see a new and fresh anointing on this church we want to see a new and fresh anointing on our own individual lives we know there's interruptions we know there's delays going on we know there's struggles right now if we can be open and honest and real we can understand last week hurt the last few months hurt but listen we just want to say Jesus we want to be touching you touch us back we want to experience you in a whole new and fresh way if we could have the faith of this woman to budge through and push through everybody. And if I can just touch the hem of his garments, I know, I know that that faith, that I'll be healed. If I can just get to where I can touch him. As we move on here, as we talk for a few minutes, there's something that we just want to share. And the second part of this is, is, what should I expect when I come to Jesus feeling desperate? And I love this, and I'll get this. What should I expect when I come to Jesus feeling desperate? The first one is this. You'll find out that there is no one who Jesus is not willing to touch. Amen? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what's been said to you your whole life. You're no good. You're not worth anything. This isn't a feel-good moment. This is just the truth. Amen? It doesn't matter. You'll find out that Jesus is willing to touch anybody and everybody. Listen to this. As we're talking about Jairus and the woman in this passage, listen to these things. There are significant points of difference between Jairus and the woman. In fact, in some ways, they could hardly be more different. Man versus woman, honored versus unclean. 12 years of joy for Jairus, 12 years of pain for the woman. Wealthy versus poor. Maybe you're putting yourself in a category or in between here. Listen to this. One approaches from the front, one approaches from the back. And I love this. I, I love this part. One is named in the text and one is left anonymous. You think you're no good? 
We don't even have a name. We just have a woman approached. A woman went through. But yet Jesus was still willing to touch her, to heal her. You want to think you don't have a chance? You want to think that it's not your moment, it's not your time? We want to think as a church that Jesus can't do something amazing in this place? That's a lie. That's a lie. And so what I'm saying to you is, is no matter where you're at, no matter your situation, no matter what desperate situation you're in, no matter what interruption, no matter what delay, Jesus is willing to touch each, regardless of which end of the spectrum you come from or Jairus and the other and, and, and the woman come from. It doesn't matter. You'll find out that Jesus is willing to touch anybody. Now, here's where we're going to spend some time just for a minute in this. And that's what I love about this passage. Number two, you'll learn that delays are frustrating, but often lead to a greater miracle. Verses 25 through 35. And I just want to kind of just put this together and read this to you and listen to this. It's likely that Jairus was frustrated by Jesus' decision to stop and deal with this woman. Time was of the essence. They needed to hurry. Instead, Jesus lingers to talk to this woman. In the end, though, the subsequent death of the little girl paved the way for an even greater miracle. Listen, get this. Sometimes God's delayed answers are merely paving the way for greater miracles. Amen? Now, you're kind of like, what is that going to say, Nate? Where, how does that apply to me? Now, now let, let's just think about this for a minute, okay? I'm going to just put myself in this story, in this situation. It's my daughter, which I have a daughter, and she's sick, and she's ready to die. And I run, and I find Jesus, which would be amazing and awesome in itself. But if I find Jesus in that moment, more than likely, I can say who I am. I'm not speaking for you. I would probably just pick Jesus up and be like, let's go, you know? I'll probably just run. And let's get, let's get there and do it, right? Because we do anything in that desperate situation. We do anything in that interruption. But Jairus gets to Jesus, and I'm sure he's probably even wanting to tug and just kind of pull on his arm like, let's go, let's go. Come on, hurry, let's go. And then a great crowd comes around. Now, can you imagine that moment? You're probably just like, move, people, move. Get out of the way. But in that moment, in that interruption that Jairus has, he's already got a, a frustrating uh, thing happening with his daughter. But in that moment, something takes place to where now Jesus is going with him, but now because of someone else's uh, interruption, because of someone else's delay, they stop and, and, and say, Jesus, basically, I'm gonna touch Jesus. Jesus is gonna stop and linger with me. Now, now, get this. Now, you know where we're going here. Now, now this is going, maybe going to sting a little, but get this. We're going. It's our daughter that's sick. It's our daughter that's about to die. And Jesus has the audacity to stop and help somebody else. And more than likely, and I'm not sure where Jairus was at, but I can imagine it's kind of like us, you know, when we get impatient about something like, hey, Jesus, come on now. Hey. Do you remember I came to you first? Remember uh, my daughter? Why would you stop and talk to this just low life, just this woman that nobody even knows? No one knows her name. Why would you stop? How many of us can say we've been there? Jesus, why would you stop and help them? Do you not know? It's me. I came to you first. What about me? What about my problem? What about my interruption? What about my delay? Come on now. And as a church, we can say, why, why, Jesus? 
Do you not see it's over here? Do you not see some of our struggles, some of our hurts? Why are you stopping and maybe blessing another church? Oh, God forbid that happened, right? And it doesn't mean he's not blessing us, because he is. But we get to a point where we just say, you know what? Other people don't matter. All that matters is me. Jesus, do you know, do you you know what, I, I know what Susie does. I saw it on Facebook. And you're gonna stop and help her? Oh, I know what Johnny does. I remember him. Yeah, I can remember Johnny. I can remember. You're going to stop and help. What about me? What about my situation? What about my delay? What about my interruption? And then here's where something just gets crazy in this story. Can you imagine this playing out? And all of a sudden, now we all have these people in our lives. Jairus is there, and I'm sure he's getting impatient. I'm sure he's getting frustrated. I can only imagine. But here all of a sudden in this story, here's what happens. Jesus is taking time with this woman. And people from Jairus' house comes to Jairus. Comes to Jairus and says this. Don't even bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. Don't don't even bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. If that's the way Jesus is going to be, If that's why he's going to be stopping and help other people, just forget it. Nobody's ever said that here, right? How many of us, how many of us have those same negative people in our lives? Oh, you want to follow Jesus? Look what he's done. Look at those interruptions you got. Look at those delays you got. You want to be like that, Jesus? Okay, we'll show you. Just don't even bother. Don't don't even mess with Jesus anymore. Don't even even mess with that. And what happens is many of us, we sit here, whether it's our individual lives or even as we look at our church, and we become negative, we become bitter, and we become just like those people that went to Jairus. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And then Jesus looks at him and says, what are you talking about, basically? What are you talking about? It says right here in scripture, he says this. He says, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. And so he goes and he goes to the house and they laugh at him. They laugh at him and says, oh, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. But because of the other interruption, because he stopped and helped the woman, even though everybody gave up on him, and everybody got negative, everybody got bitter, everybody got mad, everybody got angry. And Jesus is like, do not fear, only believe. And Jesus, I can imagine probably just like, yeah, we're about to show him here. (laughs) We're about to show him something crazy. And what if? Just in that moment as he goes, because that delay, because that interruption, because he stopped to help the woman, it led to the greater miracle. It led to better belief. It led to something better. It led to something greater. And I'm sure many of those people, their eyes were like this. What if we, in our own individual lives, but as Pathway Church, we stop getting bitter, we stop getting mad, we stop getting angry, and we say, God, we're gonna run to Jesus, and we're gonna say, show us something new, because we know that a miracle's coming, Something bigger's coming, coming. Something better's coming. Something stronger's coming. But what happens? We quit too early. We give up too early. We're just like the people that came from Jairus's house. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Just leave the teacher alone. If we just wouldn't give up, if we just wouldn't quit, 
if we wouldn't just get too bitter, too angry, too upset with each other and whatever's going on in the delays and frustrations and we would just run to Jesus, if we would just bow down to him, we wouldn't care what people thought and we'd say, Jesus, we know you're willing and able to touch anybody and everybody. We wanna be a part of that. And if we wouldn't just say, maybe why he's blessing somebody else, (laughs) maybe why he's blessing even some other church, that we wouldn't just step back and say, nope, Jesus, you're done. Forget it. You didn't do it the way I wanted. (laughs) That delay, that interruption led to a greater miracle. I don't know the interruptions in your life. I don't know the interruptions for you and how, what's going on here with Pathway Church, but I can know and I can believe even through the story in God's word that I know that a greater miracle's coming. Guess what, folks? I may never see it, you may never see it, but thank the Lord I can say I remain faithful and maybe my kids, my kids' friends, their kids will come to know Jesus because of our faithfulness. I wanna share this story and you're gonna be like, Nate, what in the world does this have to do with this? But a few weeks ago, I told you we were in Indianapolis for International Youth Convention with our students. And kind of like when you, when you know you have a plan and you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and anytime you're rolling around with that many students, you usually don't get anywhere on time necessarily, but there was something that took place, there was something that, that happened in that moment that it, it kind of, it's, it's gonna be funny, it's gonna be funny, but I want you to hear where I'm going with it. The conference was over, it was over at like noon and we were heading down to the Ark Encounter, which is about three hours away in Kentucky that day. So the conference was over and we were like just ready to just go, you know. Conference was great, it's awesome. We're going to the Ark Encounter, let's go, we're ready. And so we were on the 16th and 17th floor of the Hilton, downtown Indy. So we're up there pretty high. And so we had to get on these elevators and we were like, all right, let's, let's just hurry, let's get on there and let's go. And so basically what I'm saying is, is that we fit quite a few people in an elevator so we could get quick somewhere quicker, you know, because you didn't want any interruptions. You didn't want anything to happen. We wanted to, you know, we, we were on a schedule. Let's go, let's roll. And so you kind of get where we'll be going here soon. But so it just so happened that we didn't really even think or know it at the time. There were 16 of us on this elevator. Now, listen, before you be like, oh, Nate, you're crazy, listen. We were under the weight limit. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and some of you are like, yeah, we ain't sending our kid to that youth group. We ain't sending them to that youth group. We were under the weight limit. Just throwing out that disclaimer, okay? So we get into this elevator, and there were 16 of us, and there's going to be a picture that's going to pop up here of us in there. Yep, okay. <laughs> so you want to, oh, man, we, uh, we got to know each other pretty well in there. But uh, So there were 16 of us in there, and so... We were thinking, okay, you know, we're calling for help, press, you know, buttons, and we're like, you know, no big deal, and, well, we're, you know, that's me, that's, that's my phone. I'm like, hey, let's take a selfie because it seemed fun at the time, and, you know, we're, we're just having a grand old time. We're thinking, all right, 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes we're going to be in here. Uh, almost two and a half hours later. Yeah. Once again, you want to know what love is? Spend two and a half hours in an elevator with them. Actually, it was a crazy God thing. I was thankful I was on there with them. 
and it was crazy. And of course, just a huge interruption. We got a schedule. Things totally changed for us. Now, here's the deal, and let's just be total transparent. As tough as I may look, I'm really not that tough, okay? Actually, some of you are like, Nate, you don't look that tough with that jacket on anyhow. So, <laughs> so now that you know me a little bit better, so you're going to like, yeah, we're not going to take Nate in a fight or anything, you know, but take him with us. But here's the deal is that after about an hour, things are getting a little crazy. Well, then after about almost two hours, it's, it's getting intense. <laughs> but there was something that happened in that moment when we first stopped. The first thing I did, not because I turned into the Hulk, okay, it wasn't that hard. Don't think I have this power. But what I did was I, I opened the elevator doors to see where we were. And those came up and some of you were like, oh, Nate, you're so strong. I'm not. But I opened the elevator doors to see where we were. And most of you know, and then like this hotel, then there's the exterior door. So most hotels have the elevator door, and then there's the exterior door. I'm sure that's a safety thing there. Some elevators don't have that. So there's an exterior door. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? No big deal. We'll get the elevator doors open. We got those open. And then if we can get the exterior doors open, we can, we'll, be, we'll be good to go. Well, those exterior doors would not open. And so that was our biggest thing. And we couldn't get out. And it was intense, and it was crazy. And some of the students I, that are here today, they can tell you even more about what all happened in, in there. It was crazy. It was awesome. Actually, we were praying, and we actually read Scripture together while we were in there. It was, really, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy, actually cool moment. But things did get intense. But I want to show you another picture, and it's going to be up on the screen. That, those are some of Indianapolis's finest, the firefighters that you can kind of see through there. That little opening is all we had. I don't know how hot it was, but I can tell you it was really, really hot. But thankful for that opening because they were able to push and kick water bottles to us. They got towels full of ice because it was just burning hot, almost like it is in here, but it was, it was burning hot. And we got towels and we put them all over us and everything. Found out they shut down the streets, downtown Indianapolis, because there was about 15 plus firefighters that ended up showing up here. It was crazy. I'm surprised it didn't make the news, honestly. It was insane. And you're saying, Nate, why are you even telling us? Why are you even sharing this? Because you don't want to know something? It did get a little crazy. They say we, they, they told us that we dropped a couple floors, I don't know, but it was, it was intense when we dropped, and there's a whole other maybe backstory. That little opening, we're going to leave that picture up just for a minute. That little opening gave us hope. And you're saying, Nate, no big deal. If you're stuck in the elevator, I'm tough. It wouldn't bother. But I'm just going to tell you, when you have other students and other people's lives with you and there's just some interaction that's going on and you're not sure, one of our youth leaders even said, I was so worried, I heard one of them said, this isn't good, you know, and you hear things like that. And you're thinking, how are we ever gonna get out of this? But listen, Pathway Church, that little opening gave us hope. Now you're gonna say this is maybe even cheesy and crazy, but I want you to get this. It wasn't this Bible, but a Bible just like this. You want to know how we got that opening and how we got that little bit of hope? We took a Bible just like this, and we stuck it in those doors. And that's as far as it would open. Literally, we're squeezing this Bible in there. 
Now, as cheesy and maybe maybe sounds, and I don't mean it for that, here's what I'm saying, Pathway Church, is, is listen, things and your interruption and your delay may seem dark, may seem like there's no hope. Maybe even as a church, you're saying, where's the hope? Where is it? Where are you, Jesus? What's going on? I can tell you that there's hope. Maybe it's just a little bit, but if we wouldn't focus on all the negative and all the bad, and we would focus on just a little bit of light, and we would focus on just a little bit of good, I can tell you and I can promise you with his word in there, and long as we have the foundation and lay on his word, I promise you, it will begin some openings of hope, openings of new beginnings, opening of fresh starts. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what's happening. I can promise you as long as you're opening this, as long as you have this relationship and you're saying, Jesus, I'm running to you. I'm bowing down to you. Show me something new. I know that there's a delay. I know that there's an interruption and there's frustration, but don't let me be like the people from Jairus and say, don't bother Jesus anymore. Trust me, Jesus is going to keep pursuing us. He's going to keep going towards us, but we must not give up. We must not quit because even though it may just be a little, there's still some hope. Amen. The worship team's going to come and they're going to come and they're going to lead us in a little bit. I want to share just one more story with you. As we think about this story and we think about what Jairus was going through in this moment. His daughter is dying and then gets the news that she's dead. And the negative people show up. <laughs> you got to love those. The negative people show up and say, Just don't even, don't bother him anymore. And I'm sure there was other things said, like I can't believe they stopped or Jesus stopped to help that woman. I want to share this with you and then I'm just going to close it. Some of you may know this story. Some of you may have heard this before, and I just want to share it with you. Some of you guys and folks would know the story of uh, in 1871, how fire ravished the city of Chicago. Some of you have heard that story, and you know it. They say when it was finally extinguished, the fire had taken over 300 lives and left over 100,000 homeless. A man by the name of Horatio Gates Spafford was one of those who tried to help people get the city back on their feet. Horatio was a a Chicago lawyer. He invested heavily in downtown, and he lost everything he had in the fire. More tragically, Horatio Spafford lost his only son just a year earlier. He had sent him and his family, they sent him to Europe on a ship. Horatio Spafford was delayed on business. He couldn't go. So he sent his family ahead. The ship never made it. Off of Newfoundland, it collided with an English sailing ship and sank within 20 minutes. Though Horatio's wife, Anna, was able to cling to a piece of floating wreckage, one of only 47 survivors among hundreds, their four daughters perished. Horatio received a horrible telegram from his wife, only two words long, saved alone. Spafford boarded the next available ship in order to be with his grieving wife. And here's that story, and here's, what, here's the background to it. When the ship passed near the spot where his daughters died, Spafford penned these precious words. Some of you may have heard these words. Some of you may know it, and it's to an old hymn. Now listen, this is what he wrote when he passed where his daughters perished. All the interruptions, all the delays, all the heartaches he's already experienced. And on his way 
to go to his grieving wife. This is what he wrote. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let the blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, all the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ hence to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pain shall be mine, for in death, as in life, thou will whisper thy peace to my soul. But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well, it is well with my soul. Here's the deal, folks. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to have a moment. We're going to sing this song. It is well with my soul. Now, listen, I know this is normally the moment that some of us slip out. Here's what we're going to do as a moment, okay? <laughs> you got to get this. I'm with you. If a guy through all that can still say it's well with his soul, and Lord, forgive me when I complain and when I struggle, when I get bitter and when I get angry because maybe God's doing and blessing somebody else and my interruption and my delay is gonna take a little longer. My blessing may come later and I don't know when it's gonna happen. Let's just be honest, Pathway Church and as individuals, I don't know your delay, I don't know your struggle, but God does. He wants us to run to Jesus. He wants us to bow down. He wants us to say, it doesn't matter what other people think. Guess what? It's between you. I just want to share my heart for a minute. I can say with you that there's been days in the last few weeks it's been hard to say, Lord Jesus, it is well with my soul. I don't know as a church if we've given or even had a moment together where we can even grieve together. Because as a church, we've been through some delays. We've been through some frustrations. Maybe you're standing here and, and as an individual, there's some frustrations and there's some delays. And, and I just want to say that this isn't a, try, a way to try to get people to come forward. That's not what this is about. This isn't a kumbaya moment. This is, that's not what this is about now. You got to get this. This is a moment as a church 
And as individuals, whatever the situation, we could come and we can pray and we can say, Lord, I'm just going to run to you, Jesus. I'm going to give it all to you. I don't understand the delay. I don't understand what's going on. But if I can see what you did for Jairus in that story, I'm going to believe you're going to do it for me as well. I'm going to believe you're going to do it for this church as well. And so maybe we're not like the people in Jairus' house and say, I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be negative. I'm going to be angry at Jesus. And I'm going to say no more. I'm not going to bother him anymore but what if as a church and as individuals we came and we ran towards Jesus and he's running and he's ready to meet us here as well and what if this is the beginning of when we start seeing Jesus show up in a whole new way and we start seeing miracles we start seeing greater things happen and so just so you know I'm just going to kneel right up here if anybody wants to come and join me whether it's for you or for or for your church that's fine Whatever it is. Of course, we got prayer partners. You can go over there. If you want to pray by yourself, all that. But we're just going to, we're just taking over the front. We're just taking it over. However the Lord leads you. I'm going to be right here. You're welcome to come with me. I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to kneel. And, and we did the same thing last night. And, and I'm going to keep saying it and proclaiming it. Jesus, my heart is broken. But in that brokenness, I want to know for my wife, for my kids, and for a church that I can still say and kneel and say, Lord, I don't understand. But it is well with my soul. And I'm expecting greater things. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll,
but God's up to something right now. He's moving. Be respectful of those that are that are grieving and that God's working on and ministering to. The altars are still open. The front is still open. We're going to keep going. That's how we're going to conclude today. But if, if so if you want to stay in worship, stay. If you need to go, don't feel judged or anything like that. That's not what it's about right now. It's about what the Lord's doing in the moment. It's about what the Holy Spirit's doing in our hearts and our lives. Amen.
If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you.
saying have your way Lord we run to you we cling to you we yield to you we recognize who you are we know your voice your sheep know your voice we know you're speaking we know you're leading we know you're encouraging and counseling and comforting Lord oh may we receive it may we receive you those with the certainty of salvation, may we still receive you fresh every day, every morning. Your mercies are new. We walk with you, talk with you, Lord. May we cling to your promises. You're not done yet, Lord. You're not done yet, Lord. You're not done with us. Thank you, Lord. We need you, Lord. saying to do in this moment pray with each other grieve with each other go to the altar hug a person share love each other as Christ loves you